This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know the number one thing that women say they want in a man is no, not looks, and it's not money. Obviously, those things are great. But the number one thing women say they want in a man is a sense of humor. And guess what? I can help you with that because I teach men how to banter. Yeah, you can actually learn how to banter. So if you're having trouble getting dates or you're always left on red, women don't answer you online, you might have a problem with your banter. But good news for you, learning how to banter, especially with me, is actually really fun. And no one else really teaches you how to banter. So if you actually want women to start responding to you, and not only just responding, but engaging and enjoying and laughing with you, then I think you need to hit me up. That's kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. If you like what you're listening to and you want dating tips and strategies directly from me, then you can get in touch with me by shooting me a text to the number 310-299-9139. Up until now, only the best clients of mine had personal access to me. But now, because so many guys ask my personal help regularly, I'm building a private texting community where I answer your questions, give you killer tips, and just make your dating life smoother and easier than ever before. Even if you're not just dating and you're married, I can help you with that too. So just shoot me a text at 310-299-9139. I really look forward to hearing from you. All right, text you soon. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have a couple that is an open couple on our show today who's talking to us about how to bring a third party into your relationship. We're also going to dive into with them how to leave a woman better off after you've been with her. I know two different ends of the spectrum, but also so closely related. It's uncanny. Keep listening. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast. We hope you're holding up and staying sane. I'm your host, Kristen Carney from kristenandchill.com. And Marnie, of course, our co-host and main uh, star of the show, Marnie Kenris from winggirlmethod.com. Hey, Marn, what's happening? 
I like that intro. We've never said that before in five years. I know. Well, the thing is doing the intro over a computer is so much less natural than in person. Yeah. It feels very formal, like we're on a new show, like a talking heads, like, and with me now is da da da. <laughs> and I don't like it. But anyway, Marnie, well, of course, it sounds here. very good, mainly because you've pumped up my ego for the day. And I am the main star, so I'm going to continue talking and you will it stop talking for the rest of the show. Right, exactly. It won't last long. It won't last yeah. long because we have such I don't want to talk. They're going to... Well, yeah, they're going to blow you out of the water and actually blow mm-hmm. you because I saw their website. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, I saw Andy's I website anyway. But we have <laughs> Andy and Imogen from the Inner Winner Show podcast mm-hmm. and the website killyourinnerloser.com here with us from Australia and it's six in the morning. So thank you for sacrificing your sleep for this. <laughs> well, they're going to go to bed right after this, probably. Or they're still oh, up yeah. from last oh, yeah, night. For sure. All the fun sex that you guys are having. <laughs> no, we're not that cool. We go to bed at like 10 p.m. Yeah, we're boomers. The problem with you doing such a funny intro just there is we both have to pretend we have to try our hardest not to laugh. Oh, so yeah. I think I if you could make your intros a little less funny in future for you guests, that would be better. Bad well, for your audience, but better for you guests. Oh, hi. It'll take away at least 90% of the comedy. So tell us about you guys. You have an interesting story. Tell us about you and who you are and introduce yourselves to our audience. I mean, it sounds interesting, but when you live it, it's just like it becomes pretty normal pretty quickly. Yeah, I was just like, about to say that I don't particularly consider myself a super interesting person. Oh, yeah, for sure. And with that self-deprecation, we're in an open relationship. We see girls together, so she doesn't see any guys. That seems unfair. No, I'm just hey, I knew that question was coming. We had a long discussion and a big topic that we're going to talk about today is honesty and making sure both people are happy, communication and all that sort of stuff. Okay. From the very start, she actually came to me at one point because we were completely open at the start. It's very yeah. casual. She saw other guys. I saw other girls. And she came to me at some point. And she said, I don't really think I feel that good seeing other guys. And at that point, we're starting to get semi-serious. We're talking about that. This would have been probably four months, five months yeah, something into like the that. relationship, maybe Fairly six early months. Yeah. And she said, I don't think I want to see other guys. And from the very start, I had been honest with her. And I said, look, I'm never going to be a monogamous person. That's just not me. If you're not okay with that, at any point, we will sit down, we'll talk and we'll part ways. No hard feelings, all the best. I've always been very clear with all of the girls that I date about that. And so at that point, we said, like, how are we going to make this work? It took probably six months of figuring stuff out because we were kind of pioneering. We felt like we were figuring it out for the first time. There are, isn't a lot of information on the internet about like one-sided open relationships where one person sees other people and the other one doesn't. So we had to kind of figure it out. It was treading new ground. And what we came to, what works best for us, and I'm not saying this will work for everyone, but what works for us is we see girls together because she's bisexual and that's it. So for a little while, I was seeing other girls by myself, but we didn't like the way that felt. It felt like cheating, essentially. Like I got to do this thing that she doesn't get to do. And so eventually we got to a point where we were like, I said, I'm happy if we see other girls together. Like that makes me happy. She said, yeah, I'm okay with that as well. And that's where we are now. Yeah. I have a ton of questions. Because actually somebody wrote to me recently saying, we are a couple, we have an open relationship and we want to pick up girls together. And I just wrote back and I said, that is not my area of expertise. I've never been on the receiving end. (laughs) And I've never been in the couple that's looking. So I, I can't put myself in that space. I can tell you how to attract women, but I don't know. There's some other piece that's missing before the attraction component. So I want to ask you, how do you go out and meet women 
who want to sleep with you or potentially have a short-term casual relationship with you? Like, is there a select group of people that you know are going to be open to this? Or is it just like you go to a bar and you happen to be so charming that you, <laughs> you're you able to invite a third person in who's never done this before? Like, I'm very curious about this. So we actually did our own podcast about this. I guess I can link to it if you're happy to. Yeah theinnerwinnershow.com forward slash 89. So episode 89, where we talked specifically about how like one of the ways that we go about it. Early on, the way we did it was I was seeing multiple girls casually myself and I was telling all of them I'm seeing other girls. And when you have two girls that are both bisexual or they say they're open to experimenting, then it's easy. So at that point, you just show them each other's pictures. You say, do you guys want to like grab a bottle of wine and, and we'll go back to my place and you do that. One thing leads to another. It's not rocket science from that point. The first time I did it, though, I was absolutely terrified. Like, Well, the first time was actually a friend of mine. So for the most part, it has been online only. And we have actually talked about like doing it in person, which mm-hmm. is something... We're going to do that at some point, yeah. <laughs> We're going to go to bars and... Okay, so it's only been in mine that you've been Yeah, apart from the first girl that we... Yeah. Right. Okay. So is it online in forums of people who are open or... Is it like going on to J-Date and then... Or like Christian singles and finding (laughs) random... You know what I mean? Like My point is, is your audience that you're attracting and interacting with, is it already known that they're in a more open, progressive space? Or are you just like shooting fish in a barrel? Is that what it's called, Kristen? (laughs) For me, it's eating fish in a barrel. That's where I usually have fun. (laughs) I think it's supposed to be shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. So (laughs) Tinder is where we do it. Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble. Imogen has her profile set up as bisexual looking for other girls. And she makes it very clear in her Tinder bio. She says, I'm in an open relationship. And I guess if you say, like, how do we make it so obvious and easy? We're both into BDSM. And maybe I should have told you that before the call, because I'm sure you have questions about that. Well, yeah. Now that you've got me tied up, I thought you were just mad at me. Um, oh, we've done tons of podcasts on that. Don't worry. We already know all about that. Yeah. So then do you like list that as something that you like? Or are you... Yes. I didn't know there was a space on Tinder for BDSM. Right. Because Marnie is in a little bit of a married cocoon. Yeah. And so <laughs> as a single person, free flying like a butterfly, not a butterfly at all. I'm falling like a caterpillar. But she's not seeing what I'm seeing. And when I am on dating apps, I do see a decent amount of profiles set the way Andy and Imogen have theirs. Where it's, yep. we're looking for this. If you're into it, say hey. And yep. of course, usually I send them my number immediately. <laughs> and say, do not ever call this I'm, no, I'm always like, oh Aww. my God, swipe left. No, not my world. <laughs> Put your hoodie on and, and turn around. Uh, <laughs> okay. So then you're very clear up front what you're looking for. And you are yep. saying that you have never done, well, except for that one first time, doing this in person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is something we're, we're going to explore at some point. But I guess Tinder just works so easily and Hinge and Bumble as well. Yeah. It works I mean, so for, easily. For, never for needed all to. dating, it works so easily. So why not continue oh, yeah. doing it yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it cuts out most of the hard work, I guess. So, okay, I've got the neurotic questions. And actually, these are helpful questions for guys who are listening who actually want to try to do this. Give me a play-by-play of what it's like when you actually meet. How does it happen? Like, is it like, oh, hey, (laughs) shake hands, what's up? Or like, 
Are you both kind of a little bit buzzed or how then do you make a lot of conversation first? You get to know them or do you get straight to the point and you're like, drop your pants? <laughs> Which one? How about you tell the story of the first time, but first, before you do that, I'll answer the question properly. And then you say the first time, because those are going to be radically different answers. So a big part of my website and a big philosophy of mine is you're going to suck at things at the start and that's perfectly okay. And at the end. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Sorry, I'm in a goofy And mood. hopefully in the middle as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we were both incredibly nervous the first probably like five times we did it. It was awful. It was awkward. It was all of that. But I said to you and I said to the other girls and I said to myself as well, like, it's okay. It, like none of us know what we're doing. We've never done this before. It's going to be horribly weird, but we'll figure it out. And with that kind of philosophy, it went... Because you're setting yourself up for disappointment. So it's always going to go right. much better than you expect. So yes, there's alcohol a lot of the time, although less so now. Well, less now. Sometimes, yeah. But at the start, yeah, alcohol helped. Do you want to tell the story of the first time and your lead up to it? I think saying, first of all, I think I'd like to come back and say that saying it awful is probably a very bad framing about it. Was, Horrible, bad, <laughs> terrible. It was lots of fun. It was just a sure. bit awkward at the start. Sure. But the very, very first time was actually with a friend of mine. It was weird how it came about. We always used to joke because she's been a friend of mine for God, almost 10 years now. <laughs> we'd always joked about it for a while that if we ever met like a guy that we really liked, that we'd like see him together. And then it just so happened that I made the offer kind of in a joking way. And then she took me up on it. So <laughs> that was the very first time. Are you still friends with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, still friends with her. It was actually funny. After we ended up all seeing one another together, we both moved into a flat together for a little while. And we lived together for about almost 12 months just because the situation worked out. We both wanted right, to. And Andy move. never came over. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the three of you, the three of them lived together. That's what you're saying, Imogen? Oh, no. So I was just. No, just Imogen and her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought you meant just... the three of you. Okay. Yeah, no, and she was studying and I was working at the time. So. No, it was the three. Huh? You're missing the question. Yes, it was a threesome. Yes. No, no, oh, no, oh, no I thought no, no, no. we, we, we were saying who lived with each other. We didn't, no, oh, yeah, shit. I'm missing the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're missing it. You're out. Um, you're okay. not in this threesome here, understanding what's going on. <laughs> Wait, but so one question. So, how was it between you and your friend? It was like our friendship was always like fairly, like just like a normal friendship. And it was actually funny because we kind of all had sex together and it was a lot of fun. But I guess it just, we didn't happen. Again, and we didn't talk about it much, but friendship was like always just fine and normal. It kind of just continued the way that it had been previously. It wasn't really oh, interesting. different. What if you, if the three of you hung out again? Were you always thinking like, oh, this could go somewhere? Like, was it, yeah? No, no. Or no, afterwards, was it just off the table? Afterwards, she was like, because that was her first time as well. Which like, was, right. And was there was a reason, I'm trying to phrase this in a nice way. There was a reason that she, there's a whole backstory there. And after the first time she was like, okay, I'm not ready for sex. Like that was too intense. So she didn't have sex for a long time. That was why we never did it again. And yeah, anytime I did see her, she'd just kind of, we'd just all pretend. I mean, I was fine, but she kind of pretended that nothing happened. Right. She was, yeah, shy about it. I mean, like we all had a good time. It was just, I think she had some personal stuff that was going on around it all. Okay. Very. Very interesting. <laughs> so it was the first. Was time. her name Kristen Carney by chance? I mean, close to that. Yes, that was. Her Kristen name was Carney. Close to oh, that. <laughs> that <makes laughs> interesting. Very. Interesting. She was blonder. Mm. Ah, well, That's so was Kristen fun. underneath all that hair. Mm. So let's like broaden this up a little bit more because I want to talk about just threesomes in general. Sure. 
Like, let's say you didn't have a girlfriend and had you ever had a threesome before where it wasn't with somebody that was your girlfriend, where you were bringing somebody into the threesome? I mean, that's how it was at the start. Like, she wasn't my girlfriend. That was probably, was it the third time you and I had? But were you having threesomes at that point? No, no. No. Had you ever previously? No, no. I tried, but I just, I had no template to, I had no idea what I was doing. And I guess I was too terrified to actually do it (laughs) properly. So I'd always kind of half do it and then just say, oh, I can't make it happen. Yeah, but I think when we, right. when very we intimidating. started, I definitely wasn't at the point where we were in a relationship. Everything was very casual. And then it kind of moved into okay. that. Mm. So it becomes easier once you have a girlfriend. I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. Open up that relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Because without that, you have to bring two like, casual people that you're seeing casually. And that's a lot more intimidating than someone that you're already in a relationship with. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's like working two different people. Yeah. That's totally true. Well, so let's go again a bit broader, sort of maybe away from the threesome topic, because I think that a lot of what you teach is really about being a kick ass guy, right? And so let's talk about how to be honest and real with women, treating them like you're on the same team as you, which I think is really important if you're in an open relationship. Yeah, for sure. So I know that a lot of guys think that being too honest with a woman is going to make them look weak mm-hmm. or sharing with a woman, again, it's going to make them look weak or needy or unmasculine. Mm-hmm. You seem like a very masculine guy. How do you balance being honest and sharing and displaying emotions with still maintaining a strong sense of masculinity? Or do they go together? Yeah, I think they go together. I'll add in the caveat at the start that I'm also, and I also advocate on my website, complete honesty, even in a casual relationship, like even with someone that you've slept with once or haven't slept with yet. I I advise honesty in that moment because I think that's just easier, less drama. It's more fair for her. She needs all the information possible. You can't expect someone to make a decision if you're only giving them half of the puzzle. And my philosophy is if you wouldn't like it done to you, then don't do it to someone else. You'd be really angry as a guy if a woman was lying to you or holding back something or she had a child or something she never told you about, whatever it is, you'd be annoyed. So don't do the same to her. So then actually, I am going to interrupt you because I want to continue on this path for a second because I think we'll get into the masculinity portion. But tell me more about what it is that you're referring to. So for example, if you're dating a woman casually, Tell me what it looks like to be really honest with her. When are you really honest with her about the fact that you have a child or you have an STD or you have anything else going on or that you just want to be casual? When does that conversation come into play? Is it right before you sleep with each other? Is it date one? Is it date four? Like, How do you be honest without spoiling all of the attraction? So for me, I advocate honesty as early as humanly possible, as early as you can. I wrote an article on my website called Honesty is an Ideal that You Work Towards. And the whole point of that article was, I'm saying, look, I would like it if you're 100% honest or as honest as you possibly can be. But I get that it takes a while to get there, especially if you're a guy who's not used to opening up. You have all these fears, like you said before. What if she thinks that I'm not a man? What if she runs away? all of that. So maybe at first you can't be completely honest until you've slept together like five times or something. Maybe it takes you that long to build up the courage. Then with the next girl, whoever you date in the future, try by the fourth date or the fourth time you have sex. Then try by the third. You need to like be building up to being as honest as possible, as early as possible. And I get that it takes a little while to get there. It definitely did for me. I couldn't have these conversations immediately. So if you ask me when I do it now, it's like on Tinder or when I get her phone number, like before the date, because I feel like that's the most fair. So I would say, obviously, I'm in an open relationship. I'm not monogamous. Like, here's what the terms of the agreement are. Not that it's an agreement, but you get what I'm saying. Like, 
Here's what I'm offering. Here's what I expect. Let me know if you're on the same page. If you're not sure, we can talk about it, all that kind of stuff. I do that as early as possible because I think that wastes her time as little as possible, wastes your time as little as possible. And then you're only looking for people who are compatible at that point. People spend so much time in the dating market with people that they're never going to be compatible with, but they just never asked. Right. It takes them too long to ask. Right. Well, so let's give some examples. Let's get more specific for some of okay. the guys that are listening to the show. So like, let's say for the guys that are not divorced yet and they're just separated, how do they say that in a clear, confident way that doesn't scare off the woman? So like, I love how you just said, you say, okay, this is me, this is you. What do you expect? Here's what I expect. Let's see if we can get together. But how would you actually say that so that it's not like very robotic and it's not just like throwing information at a woman? What would be a way that you would smooth out that conversation so that you are honest, but that you are saying, I'm extremely single right now? So again, I'll add in the caveat that you might be terrified to say something like that. It might take you a little while. You might suck when you say it. You might have to rehearse how to say it. I get all of that stuff. But one thing that's always helped me and one thing that helps like a lot of my coaching clients and like readers of my website and stuff is I say, whatever is in your head, just try blurting that out. Like start by trying to phrase it as well as you can. But if you can't, if you get stuck, just say it. And there's little like, I call them buffers, or maybe you want to call them safety nets that you can say at the start of your sentence. You can say, look, I'll be real with you. Or you can say, look, I have no idea how to say this. Or maybe this will sound weird when I say it. Like you actually say that and then you say whatever it is. prepare them. Yeah. So if it was me, I'd be like, look, I've been trying to figure out how to say this, but like, whatever, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. I can't figure out how to say this. So I just thought I'd let you know, like straight up, I'm going through a divorce right now. should be finalized by like six months. And then that's it. I guess this kind of ties into your question before, like how does a man be honest and still masculine? A big part of that, because if you dump your problems on a woman, I think all of us would agree with this. If you just dump your problems and you're whinging and complaining, yeah, that's not masculine. It's the opposite. The key point is you need to have a plan. You need to know that you're at least that you're working on it so that she can see like, oh, okay, like he's struggling right now, but it seems like he has a way out of it. So if you say like, I'm going through a divorce, but like it should be done in six months. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, but if you say, I'm going through a divorce and it's really hard and I'm really sad and I'm really scared, she's like, well, shit, like, is this a, a ship that's sinking? Like, why would I be with you? You sound like you don't know what you're doing. Why would I tether myself to you? Why would I date you? Why would I? Yeah. yeah and I think from my perspective, like in the entirety of our relationship, when you have been honest with me, it hasn't been phrased as like an I'm helpless thing or I'm yeah. whinging about my problems. It's always like, this is a concern I have. This is how I'm going to address it. Or I'm telling you now, you kind of, own the problem and in a way that does make me respect you more because you're kind of able to admit something and then straight away like actively work on it it's not this yeah you're not this helpless child that doesn't know how to (laughs) fix your problems you're just acutely aware of it there's a level of self-awareness and then you -hmm. you can't almost tell me how you're going to then address the problem yeah or if i'm not sure i'll at least say what the first step is if i say i have this problem I don't really know how I'm going to handle it, but I'm going to go away and do a bunch of research. Maybe I'll talk to my friends or something. If you have any ideas, tell me. And like at least showing that you are starting to work on whatever you're struggling with. I think that's the important key. Rather than dumping your problems and saying, I'm helpless, help me. Do you think that women are expected to do the same thing? That women can get away with being a little bit more helpless and it's okay? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. This ties into the point that we're going to talk about, about how to leave women better, like how to leave the people you date, particularly women, better than you found them. And a big part of that for me has been teaching girls like how to be assertive and to like solve their own problems because everyone's capable of it. I think that 
you have more of a safety net. Like there's more people willing to come around and be like, okay, this woman's like really struggling. Let me help her. Whereas for a guy, everyone's like, huh, look at that loser. Like I hope he fixes himself, but like, I'm not going to jump in. Why would I jump? This up to him. Right. Do it on your own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, so Imogen, let me ask mm-hmm. you. So if Andy were to come to you and just say, I'm really struggling with something, I don't know what to do. Would that turn you off? Do you know what you would feel or think in that moment? I think given how long we've been together and how well I know Andy and the fact that he's very in control of like his own problems and like his plan of action in that particular case. Yes, I think I would feel a little bit lost because I guess in a way he kind of is, I don't know, my rock to be a bit (laughs) sappy about it because he's kind of the one that like steers a clear path. But in saying that, I think because we have been together for a little while, it's almost two years, There is a bit of leniency there. And I think in that case, I'm definitely going to try and be reassuring, kind of remind him of what he already knows. Like we can create a plan. I can kind of help facilitate that plan. So I think it's almost as if because Andy's given me the tools to kind of do what he does in terms of create a plan of action and find a way to solve your problems. I would feel a lot less out of my depth. A year, year and a half ago, absolutely. I would have floundered for sure and been like, I don't know what to do. Why are you asking me? You're the man, you're the older one. Would you have gotten mad at him? Definitely not mad. I don't think that's an emotion I don't do very often. It would have just been more like, I would have felt more helpless and more unsure. But I think given the tools that you've kind of helped teach me, I would probably help facilitate working on something. So now I don't think Andy not knowing something would worry me as much as it would have. But in some respect, yes, it would be very out of character. So there'd be like an element of worry, but I think with the tools that I have, I would learn. But he has some wiggle room. Yeah, for sure. Right. But you're saying if it continued to happen over and over again, do you think that you would lose attraction for him? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think because I think that would be a huge shift in character for Andy. He's kind of in my life. He's like a strong, assured man who knows what he's doing. Right. Has that always been attractive for you? So somebody like Andy, so men or women, do you find that trait to be attractive? Absolutely, yeah. Confidence, self-assurance, self-awareness. And that doesn't mean having your shit together 100% of the time. Oh, I absolutely don't <laughs> have my shit together half the time. And I will actively tell her that. But I think that is confidence. Just saying like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing with this, but I'll figure it out. Or I'll ask other people and see if they can tell me. Yeah, I think like we touched on before, like owning it. Which is another way of saying being okay with the fact that you're not perfect. Yeah. Like I wrote an article on my website about like, there is no such thing as alpha as in like an alpha man. And I basically said all the men that you think are like alphas, like James Bond and all those kind of things, they're just, you're looking at like a certain set of archetypes and, and characteristics and stuff. Those guys, James Bond may be a little bitch when he goes home to his wife. You know what I mean? He might cry in front of his wife. Like all of the men that you think are alphas have their own issues and their own problems and all that kind of stuff. You can't be chasing a stereotype or an archetype of like the alpha. Just admit that you don't know everything, that you're not perfect, that sometimes you are a little bitch. Sometimes you're not a man. That's fine. Like that we're all human. Like no one is. No, it's not. Stop spreading that. (laughs) I completely agree with you. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how to leave women better than you found them and how to add and improve to the lives of women that you date, like you have done with Imogen. And I'm sure she's done with you as well. So we'll be back in a moment. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, 
there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. All right, we are back and we're going to dive in with Andy and Imogen. Am I saying that right, Imogen? Imogen, yeah, no, that's the one. I know it's a Imogen, little bit yes. less uncommon. No, I've heard the name before States. many times. I love it. I just always feel like I'm saying it the wrong way, but it's a beautiful name. How do you leave women better off? And I know that, Imogen, you touched on it in the last segment because you had said Andy has given you the tools. So actually, maybe I'm going to turn this question to Imogen. How has he helped? better and improve your life? And and not like as a coach, as a man in your life, what has he done for you? Well, I think that I'll preface all of this with saying that I haven't been in a, like a serious relationship before. Um, So this was like my first serious relationship. I'd kind of seen people casually, but never, I was very emotionally closed off when I first met Andy. So I think that's the first thing that I'd like to mention is that I had this, and it was really, really silly this notion that like I was never going to fall in love. I didn't do feelings or emotions. I honestly don't know where that came from. I think there was this like fear of being vulnerable. So the very first thing would be that Andy helped me open up and be emotionally vulnerable and reassured me that nothing terrible was going to happen if I did open up to somebody, that I wasn't going to get used or my heart wasn't going to get broken. So that would be the very first thing amongst other things. And then Over a period of time, it's been a process of building up my confidence and my self-assurance and building up tools to deal with my problems or anxieties. And I think all of that has come from a place of, I have definitely wanted to do all of those things and have been working on them. I guess Andy has just given me some of the things that have worked for him. And then by teaching me those things, I was just kind of I guess I'd call it an exponential growth in terms of my self-improvement journey because I guess two years ago when I first met Andy, I was in university studying in a course that I really wasn't passionate about. I was living at home and I was very unhappy about that. I had some, you know, some mental health problems. I was dealing with an eating disorder that I wasn't willing to admit that I had. Oh, you sound like me in my 20s. Great. (laughs) Twins. I mean... (laughs) And yeah, I definitely wasn't in a good place. And I think I'd kind of flagged that I was, you know, wanted to fix some of these things, but was struggling to do so. So I think we've had, I'd hate to think how many hours of conversations about how Andy has dealt with his own problems and insecurities and his self-improvement journey and kind of given me the push that I've needed on a lot of occasions to make big changes in my life that I've found to be like really scary, but have ultimately been good decisions. Wonderful. And Andy, on the flip side, how do you think that you added those things into Imogen's life? Realizing that there's men who are on this show who need guidance. 
on how to bring those things up. Because I have a lot of guys who write into me, and Christian has this as well, where they're pursuing a woman who is just closed off. She'll say things like, you know, I'm going to break you, or I'm going to hurt you, or you don't want to be with me, things like that. How do you speak to a woman like that without turning into like her self-help coach? How do you keep that attraction alive while passing on this amazing knowledge that you have to somebody that you care about? A very big part of it, at least for me, has been leading by example. I mean, we're all kind of improving ourselves every day. That's kind of the point, right? Like you don't know. Not Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to improve when you're already perfect. Hey, good comeback. Perfect comeback. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Audience can't see, but we're high-fiving on camera. So So a big part of it is leading by example, as in sharing the things that you're working on, the little victories that you have. Like, hey, this week I did this. Like sharing those little joys that you have. This week I beat my deadlift PR in the gym. Or this week I got a promotion at work. Like sharing those little things. And then from that point, you start opening up about stuff that you're struggling with. Like, And again, not complaining, not dumping your problems, but saying like, hey, I've really been bothered about like this thing at work. And anyway, I spoke to my boss and we handled this and I think it's going to be good. So I think I've fixed that problem. Like sharing the things that are bothering you and that you're struggling with. I also shared... And you said, how do you do it without being like a a dating coach or a self-improvement coach? Just by being a normal person who has struggles and overcomes them. I share a lot of the things that have helped me. That's another thing I do. So I'll say like, I read this book. It really changed my life. I think you should read it. Or you give little snippets from the book or ideas from the book or things that have helped you. And the more of this stuff you share the more that she starts to see like, oh, okay, well, he can overcome his problems. He's okay with opening up to me. Maybe I can take a risk and open up a little bit. And sometimes you have to preempt those conversations and say like, maybe if she's sitting there, you specifically said, how do you do it without being her counselor or her coach or whatever? But I don't think you have to go so far in the other direction and say like, I won't do any of that. So it's okay to ask a couple of questions every now and then like, oh, why don't you want to open up? Like, are you worried that I'll I'll hurt you or something? And then if she's like, yeah, then you just say like, oh, I won't. And then that's the end of the conversation. And then you bring it up again a week later and you say like, well, why do you think I'll hurt you? Like, did someone hurt you in the past? Like, again, you don't have to sit there with her on your couch and be her counselor. But if you want to overcome these problems, you are going to have to talk about them. Nobody overcomes their problems by just ignoring the problem. Yeah, I think I'd like to jump in and say like, when you've helped do anything, it's not like we're sitting down and writing out a dot point list <laughs> and like brainstorming and mind mapping and being like, like here's the plan. It's... Just a normal conversation. It, yeah, it sure. feels exactly like how you talk to your friends. You'd be like, oh, I have this problem. Like, I'm thinking about what I should do about it. It's like that. It's not this formal, like, okay, here's like what we're doing. Here's our plan of action. It's, yeah. it's just having a conversation. Yeah, the same way you would with your mates. Yeah. You'd say, what's up, bro? Like, why are you sad? Like, do you want to talk about it? And then what if the guy says, eh, I'm fine? Then you just leave it because girls are a little bit different, right? So what if you do ask Imogen? Is everything okay? And she goes, I'm fine. And then you can still see something else is going on. Would you continue to ask questions or would you leave it? I love being the blunt... I won't say asshole, but that's like the closest word I can come up with. I love being the blunt asshole who, if she was to do something like that, I'd be like, people who are fine don't like turn their body away and go, I'm fine. And then she'd have to sit with that and go like, okay, fine, I'm not okay. And then I'd be like, okay, well, what's up? So I like to point out when someone's doing those kind of like passive aggressive behaviors. I like to say, you're being passive aggressive right now, aren't you? I do that with everyone, basically, even my friends and stuff. No, but I think that's a great, really great way to say, I can see something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. If you don't want to talk about it, tell me. But I see something's wrong. I'm not a fool. I know something's going on. Yes, and I think that's the point. Yeah, because I I chase honesty so much and I expect honesty from everyone I, I talk to, as much honesty as they can give me. I understand that some people struggle with honesty, but 
yeah, I'm not okay playing games like that. So if someone was to say nothing's wrong, I'd be like, why are we playing this game? Like we both know what's here. We both know you're not okay or something's bothering you. Just stop being silly and tell me like, are we just going to pretend that we can't see the elephant in the room? I'm not up for that charade. I've never been up for that charade. It feels like a weird form of like theater or something. Yeah. I'm not really interested in it. That being said, like you obviously have a read on when people just aren't up for it. Like you're not going to push and push and push and push. At some point, yes. you're like, okay, like I can see you're like, yes. not up for talking about it. We can talk about it another time or we don't have to talk yeah. about it. That's okay. But yeah, it's not pretending that everything's okay. It's kind of acknowledging it, being honest, and then maybe like bringing it up later. Yeah, because I'm sure that's something that your audience struggle with, which is a woman says she's fine. So I guess I just have to drop it. And like you said before, it's like, it's not like with your guys who are like, I don't want to talk about it. Stop. Sometimes women do say like, it doesn't matter or... I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, you might have to ask a follow-up question and say like, you clearly do care about it. So just tell me, just tell me what's up. I know. And that follow-up question means the world to us. It yeah. is crazy. I still do it. You're waiting for it. And when it doesn't come, yeah. you're like, fucker. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, like, why aren't you digging deeper? I know I said I'm fine, but it is really strange because I'm a coach for men. I'm not a coach for women. So I've, fuck up all the time hmm. and still do silly, stupid things that protect my ego or protect my safety in some way, whatever it is. And I will still say that to my husband and I'll be like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'll like <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then the decide. countdown starts. Like how long is he going to wait yeah, before he says, are you okay? I know. Yeah. And then sometimes he'll be like, okay, okay cool. <laughs> he'll just walk away and then he'll come back and then I'll make my face even like more yeah, yeah, yeah. obvious. And he's like, wait, what's going on? I'm like, are you fucking serious? That took you 20 seconds to ask a follow-up question. Now you're in trouble. It is crazy what we do with our emotions. It's like nothing's wrong right now, but in about five seconds, if you don't continue asking me, something's really going to be wrong. So I love that you're saying to follow it up because most people can see when there is something that's yeah, a bit of off course. with the other person. It's just just giving that follow-up question means the world to mm. us because it shows that you care and you're invested in some way. Mm -hmm. I agree. I love it. What is one other way that you think that you have made women better aside from being honest, aside from giving them some of your tools that you have, one thing that you think most men are potentially not doing to the women in their lives? Or is there one other thing? See, I would have said honesty. And I guess, okay, maybe if I can cheat and say being upfront, <laughs> hey, that's slightly different to honesty. So it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's revealing. Yeah. 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 Like saying something first. That's the point that I'm, I'm making. So if you want a casual relationship with someone, say, by the way, I'm only looking for something casual or I'm not looking for something ultra serious or I don't want to get married anytime soon, like something like that, or I'm not monogamous or I see other people. Are you cool with that? Like having that preemptive conversation. So many girls have said to me and, and to you, the girls that we've seen together, but before I was seeing you, like a lot of girls said to me, you're the first person that's ever been upfront with me. Like I've had sex with like 10 guys from Tinder or whatever, and all of them played these games. I even had one girl who kind of grilled me for like half an hour on a date where she's all like, do you really never play games? And I was like, no, I can't be bothered. And she's like, are you playing a game right now? And I was like, no, like ask me anything and I'll tell you. So she asked me a bunch of questions and I told her the truth. And she's like, what game are you playing? And I was like, I'm not playing a game. And it took seriously 30 minutes for her to believe me because she's like, but everyone plays games. And she was grilling me like, why don't you want to play games? Are you autistic? Like, what is it? And I was like, I just, I just don't want to play these games. I don't want to lie. Like, what's the point? I know because women don't know how to navigate this dating world. Yeah. Without feeling that they're being lied to yeah. in some way or cheated in some and same thing on the reverse for men. I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, downplay that women mess around with men as well in the world of dating. So on that date, 
Like, how does the conversation come where you're just like, hey, nice to meet you. I only want casual. And like, where does that flow into the conversation? Do you work it into the conversation or do you just answer questions honestly when people ask them of you? Both. So for me right now, it's very clear that I'm not looking for something super serious and I'm right. not monogamous because I have pictures of Imogen on my Tinder and she has pictures of me on her. So, but earlier on, I got to a point where I was okay with saying it like as soon as I got her number. Like I would get her number and say, like, by the way, I'm only looking for something casual. If that suits you, let's grab a drink. How's Friday night? And that was how I did it. Before that, though, I was really nervous and I wasn't able to say it until maybe I'd already had sex with her once. And then I would say it, you know, when we're cuddling in bed and I'd have to like work up the courage. By the way, I know I was just inside you, but <laughs> yeah. I yeah. never want to see you again, basically. I mean, right. not like that, but but yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like kidding. you're making a joke, but yeah, I felt like massively guilty saying it after sex. That's the point, especially because for a while, it took me a lot of courage to be able to say it after like even the second time we'd had sex. And I was like, man, I've just lied to her. Like, what if she thought that I wanted to be her boyfriend? And so I felt massively guilty. That was a big reason why I started saying it on Tinder or via phone number. So right. it's like, I haven't fucked you yet. Like. Sorry to swear right. on your podcast, but like... No, that's okay. Okay, I won't swear I again. don't want to fuck you twice, basically. <laughs> You're going to fuck them twice. If, like, if you have sex with them and then you reveal, oh, I don't want anything more, then it's like, oh, well, that's like a double whammy. Now my yeah. numbers have gone up and now I don't have you as my boyfriend. So would women get mad at you after you would reveal this, after this first or second time that you slept with them? Because I'm, I'm sure they would take that to heart because they would think, oh, it must be something about me that suddenly you don't want anything serious. No, because I was always very clear. Like I never really chased one night stands. I had a few for sure, but it wasn't something that I ever sought. And so when I say I wanted something casual, it was more like I would always add this after I say like, I'm only looking for something casual. I'd say, as long as you're happy to see me and I'm happy to see you, then we'll keep seeing each other. So I'd always make it clear, like, it's not going to be super serious. I am going to be seeing other girls, but like, I don't want to just have sex with you once and then ditch you. As long as we both like each other, we'll, we'll be friends with benefits. We'll continue for doing this yeah, and you're yeah, okay with it. Yeah. And so they were always okay right. with that. Yeah. I had like one or two girls who weren't and were a bit offended. But again, that problem goes away if you can be upfront as early as possible. Yeah. And so now, or not now, but when you were doing it as upfront as you could, where you would say before you got onto the phone or before you were going to meet each other, you would say, do you find that a lot of women drop off or did it not change anything? Like, were your results different? So my biggest fear was, oh my God, as soon as I start saying this, three quarters of the women are going to run away screaming. And that's what so many of my clients say, so many readers of my website, they're like, oh my God, but if I'm honest, won't she leave? And what you find is it's probably like 10%. 10% go away and say like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. And you just say, okay, cool. But the rest are like, oh, that sounds really good. And I think a point that you've made like quite a lot to me is that, especially with the honesty thing, like the reason that it's so good is that you don't want to be, even if you are losing like 10% of like people you could potentially see, you don't necessarily want those people yeah. in your life anyway. Like why would you want to like string along people and keep people? You know? Right, that would have added 50% of drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you've just used someone yeah. who didn't want what you wanted. Like what was the point in that? You didn't win anything. Right. Yeah. And that is leaving women better off because that woman she wanted something more and gotten into a situation with you, she may internalize that in a different way than you intended mm -hmm. and then taken that into her next situation yeah. with a guy, either by putting a barrier up, by punishing that man, whatever it is, it would be passed on to somebody else after you. So I yeah. think that 10% drop is worth the 150% gain in my eyes. 
Yeah, for sure. And we as guys tend to focus on numbers and statistics and all that kind of stuff. We're very nerdy as a gender, I think. And so guys see that and they go like, oh, but I'm going to lose 10% of the girls. And it's like, and what's the alternative that you have sex with people that don't really want to have sex with you? How is that an alternative? That's an awful alternative. Right. Or the people who want to be in a relationship yeah, exactly. with you and you don't want to be in a relationship yeah. with yeah. them. And then you have a stalker, like there's so many <laughs> <laughs> negatives that can come from it. So it, it saves you on the back end. Andy and Imogen, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. This was very insightful. And I'm very happy that you woke up really early in the morning <laughs> and drank your coffee and came on and spoke with us. Why don't you tell people again where to find out more about you, say your website, your podcast. Please tell people. So for men, I would say go to killyourinnerloser.com. That's my sex blog, self-improvement blog, that sort of stuff. If you're looking for a podcast that Imogen and I do, we've done 111 episodes together now. That's at theinnerwinnershow.com. I'm doing a 365 project with that. So I'm doing a podcast a day for a year, which has been absolute hell, but it's fun. That's why it's gone up so much. Because when yeah, you wrote to sure. me initially, it was yeah. 65 episodes. I was like, okay, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm cheating by doing it every day, yeah. My God, that would that be painful for you, Kristen, doing a podcast every day? She can <laughs> <once a> week. <laughs> I know. She's like, I don't even want to come on right now. I totally get it. Kristen, tell people where to find out more information about you if they want to learn to become better at bantering and have some assistance with their online dating profiles. Well, go to perfectperson.com or yeah. kristenandchill.com, which I'm on a little bit more, which I know sounds weird <laughs> since the other one is more fitting, but k-r-i-s-t-e-n-and-chill.com. Perfect. And for me, you can go to winggirlmethod.com. And if you want to send in questions to us that we can answer live on air, live and then stream to you three months later. (laughs) Every already did. Yeah. (laughs) If you want a question answered in four months, then please send them to ask at askwomenpodcast.com. New episodes of the Ask Women Podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. You guys are amazing. You guys are awesome. You have stuck with us. This is going to be our sixth year of doing podcasts now. What is it? I think it's seventh, honestly. I think it's seven. Jesus, we're old. What's going on? Well, thank you for listening and for letting us continue to do this show. The fact that you want to continue listening to Kristen and I (laughs) is amazing. (laughs) And we feel absolutely... Overwhelmed. Dumbfounded actually is a better word, but yes. But thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are awesome. We will see you next week. Bye. 